Welcome to Coffee to Go, where we center ourselves in the scriptures, seasons, and holy days of the Christian tradition. I'm Karen Peter, and I'm here with Blake Smith, and we welcome you on the journey. So today is Epiphany, January 6th. So this is a uh, special episode of Coffee to Go that will be uh, released on Saturday, January 6th, day of Epiphany. And Epiphany is the season of light or the season of illumination because it is the day where we recognize the revelation or the uncovering or the illumination of Jesus being for all people, not just the people, um, his people, the people of Israel, the Jewish people, that God in human form is revealed to the Magi and the Magi symbolize um, the all of the other people of the world who are not of the 12 tribes of Israel. Now, the Magi were astrologers or astronomers or star watchers. I'm not sure those things were delineated in in this time. Um, we we contrast an astrologer with an astronomer. But at that time, I'm pretty sure that all fell into the same category. Astrologers, astronomers, star watchers. And they were from the East. So they were most likely Persian Gentiles. and the star that they were watching is the main symbol of Epiphany. However, Epiphany is also known as Three Kings Day because it is the day when God in human form is revealed to these individuals that through tradition we call the Three Kings. So in early Christian practice, Christmas was not a big holiday Um the big holy days and seasons were Easter and Epiphany. Those were the main Christian observances, and they were the two kind of times during the Christian year where people prepared for being baptized and were baptized. So Epiphany has always been a really important marker in the Christian calendar. And just kind of a, a fun fact, in many places, Today, January 6th, is the big festival. Three Kings Day is the day. It is the day when gifts are exchanged and a feast is held uh, rather than on December 25th. So sometimes the things that we think are are normative are actually very different in other places in the world. <laughs> this is a good reminder of that. So our question, as always, to start out this new year is, where are we with Jesus this week? And today, uh, we're not quite with Jesus yet. We are hanging out with the wise men or these astronomer astrologers who are traveling from the east, following the star to find the great ruler that the star signifies. And it took some time to get there, as I understand it. There was no direct flight. So best guess, Jesus was a toddler by the time they arrived. So reality messes with our nativity scenes we've put up for the Christmas season, but that's <laughs> just how it is. So let's hear a little bit about their journey. Blake, what does the scripture say? All right. Well, our passage today comes from the gospel according to Matthew the second chapter, the first through the twelfth verse. And even though it seems to go quickly because it's only 12 verses, as you said, it probably took quite a while for all of this to happen. 
In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, asking, Where is the child who has been born King of the Jews? For we observed his star at its rising, and have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened, and all Jerusalem with him. And calling together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for so it has been written by the prophet, And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called for the wise men and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring me word so that I may also go and pay him homage. When they had heard the king, they set out. And there ahead of them went the star that they had seen at its rising until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. Then, opening their treasure chests, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. So why does this matter? As you mentioned, Karen, what probably happened really messes with our idea of nativity. But I guess if we were to sit down with all the nativity stories across the Gospels, it would mess with a lot of our nativity scenes. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> we've kind of kind of taken everything and, and made this conglomerate uh, uh, of, a, of a story that has become so deeply entrenched that we don't even realize here we we have this nativity scene, but I want to focus on uh, a couple of things. First of all, this idea of of King Herod being terrified, and it says, and all of Jerusalem with him. But Herod was threatened by this birth of what was a true king that had been prophesied, and so he doesn't know what to do about this, and he tries to trick the wise men into disclosing where he might be found. James Howell says uh, in, a, in a commentary he wrote about this, uh, gives us a, a little bit of an insight into why Herod might have been so threatened. He says, if Jesus is king, there is something upside down and just plain unkingly about his royal bearing. Poor fishermen stood as his court. His standard was a cross. His boast was not iron-fisted dominance, but tender love. Little wonder King Herod was troubled. Mm. This was not at all what a king would expect. And so for such homage to be paid to someone so different, um, he had to wonder, okay, what, what's up? So I think it's just important for us to understand that in this passage, we see the reality of power being threatened by truth revealed. And that's why we want to hide the truth or or those in power want to hide the truth, don't want us to talk about certain things because they might be threatened by it. The other piece uh, that I think is important here um, is that, as you've already mentioned, again, the wise men were not Jews. They were from the east, um, probably from Babylon or Persia. 
Um, but they were familiar with Judaism, and they interpreted the star uh, as being a sign of this great Jewish leader or king being born. And because they sensed the important of importance of the event, they packed up everything and, and went on a hunt. What's important about that is two things. The signal here is that this is a tearing down of this division between uh, Jew and Gentile, us and them, citizen foreigner. Jesus had come for all. And uh, the other piece that's important here is that it's not the Pharisees and the scribes, and we talked about this before in previous episodes, it's not them that come to see the birth of Christ. It is um, a Gentile or, or a group of Gentiles, um, folks other that we might not expect. They are the ones who are first to recognize the importance of this event. So a um, couple, of, couple of things about the passage that um, we kind of miss, I think, when we jump right to the, the beauty of the nativity scene and putting in our characters and, and that kind of thing. There's a couple things going on there. So some questions we might ask ourselves. Um, one would be what aspects of our culture or our beliefs are threatened by Jesus as peacemaker, one who challenges powers, political, commercial, industrial, even religious, uh, one who challenges the powers that oppress, impoverish, and marginalize others. And I say, you know, our cultures and beliefs, because we have some beliefs, I think, that get individually, I'll, I'll, I'll just call, claim that myself, that I might have some beliefs about my rights or about how hard I've worked, you know, that kind of thing that really pushes, that this pushes up against and makes me uncomfortable with Jesus as peacemaker and me as a disciple of Jesus. I need to think about what are those things um, that are threatened? And then what barriers do I put up to protect myself against that pushback? How do I rationalize it? Um, and and so what what barriers you might ask yourself, listeners, what barriers have you erected between yourself and others that might need to come down? Um, it's not probably at all times a comfortable thought process, but it is something that we ought to do as disciples. And finally, with these um, wise men who were signaled by God to come through the star, we might ask ourselves, how is God this week calling us or signaling us to come closer? Oh, I I love that. What What's the star in my world right now today? Yeah. So in thinking about um, both the, the symbolic nature of the star as a signal, but also the visit of, of these uh, Gentile people to the the messiahship of Jesus. <clears throat> there are some ways we can experience it this week. There's one that's uh, a little bit more traditional and one that's a little more um, uh, commercialized right now. So we'll, we'll hit both aspects of this. So the first is there is a tradition uh, on Epiphany that you take chalk and on, on your door mantle. So that would be the, or is it a lintel? Whatever that piece of wood is in the door frame that goes across the top on the outside you would write capital M plus sign capital C plus sign capital B. Now, why would we do that? Well, tradition 
and only tradition has told us for centuries that the wise men were named Melchior, Casper, and Baths, Baths, I can't even say it, Balthazar. (laughs) (laughs) These are the traditional names given to the wise men. And so the first letter of each of their names, and it's used as a blessing. They came to pay homage. They came with gifts and they came with themselves in this personal visit, personal relationship. And so that M plus C plus B is used to stand for may Christ bless M C may Christ bless our home all the year. And that's a lovely thing that you you could do on your own. You could do with neighbors and do three or four houses in a row and all of you together, or you could do it with kids and explain how tradition can live in them as may Christ bless our home all year. The second one that's a little more commercialized, and I'll, I will admit I have these in my house. So you can place a star in your window as a signal of your own spiritual journey. So the big paper stars, and you can put a little light in there to illuminate them, and sometimes you don't, but you see them on all the um, Instagram influencer content developer sites, and you see them in all the magazines on on all of the uh, ways to decorate for the holidays minimalistically, all of the fun kind of current commercial tag things, you'll see them. But the tradition goes way back. And it goes back to the star being this symbol and signal of um, the birth of Jesus. So put a star in your window as a signal of your own spiritual journey and keep it there for Epiphany and the season after Epiphany, which lasts until Ash Wednesday. So some of us kind of get a a moment of uh, sadness when we take down all the Christmas decorations, but here's a way to help that Um, idea of celebrating the divine in your life by moving from celebration of the birth to celebration of how that lives on your spiritual journey going forward. So a couple of ideas for how to experience Epiphany and the season following Epiphany. That's great. So we have a blessing for today as we finish up this episode, and it comes from Metaheric Carlson. It's uh, titled For Another Way, and that is taken from Ordinary Blessings for the Christmas Season. Empire says, look no further than these small choices and the way it has always been. Heaven says, there is another way that tells the truth with love and sets the whole world free. Thanks for joining us here today for this uh, special episode of Coffee to Go. We invite you to join us again tomorrow for the first Sunday after Epiphany. And uh, we always invite you to join us here at Coffee to Go each week for the next part of our journey through the liturgical seasons and holy days of the Christian tradition.